The New Orleans Saints bolster their defensive line this Thursday night, drafting Brian Brzee from Clemson, the defensive lineman, with the 29th overall pick. Let's talk about that move. We're also going to get into the day two needs for the Saints, the best players available, all that coming up right here on the Straight Up Saints podcast. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast. What is up, Houda Nation? Welcome back inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. And this program is brought to you guys by the Scott Vicnair Injury Lawyers. Have you been injured in any kind of accident, car, truck, 18-wheeler, or hurt offshore? Scott Vicnair handles it all. Give him a call at 504-500-1111 for a free consultation. Yes, that's right, a free consultation. They'll always fight for the win. Once again, that's Scott Vicnair Injury Lawyers. So let's get into it, guys. The Saints made the pick, and after about a couple of days and maybe weeks for some of you of arguing about who it's going to be, turns out to be Brian Brzee of Clemson, the talented defensive lineman, former number one recruit from his class. I think for some people, like myself, you see this as a win. You add a position of need on the defensive line. I think you could kind of move him everywhere on that unit, and there's just, I think, a lot of untapped potential to Brzee with his game. So I'm very interested to see what the Saints do with him, especially with Dennis Allen and kind of his good track record of interior defensive linemen and the way he's schemed them up. I think the Saints have done a good job over the last couple of years. When you look at maybe lesser talented guys in a shy Tuttle, maybe even Malcolm Roach, there's been times where Dennis Allen's gotten some really good play out of them. So now you give him a former number one recruit, a five-star guy in Brian Brzee who knocked it out of the park freshman year, was hurt his second year, And unfortunately for the kid, dealt with a lot of not just injuries, just legitimately life-changing stuff, trauma in his final season at Clemson. Um, For those who don't know, the the, you know Brian Brzee lost his sister um, at a very young age. I believe she was 15 years old. That's not easy. And he fought, he fought, he fought. And he is an interesting player. I'm very excited to see what the Saints do with him. I know people are going to be concerned. I know that some of you are going to probably write in the chat, what about Nolan Smith? I'll get to that in just a minute. But overall for me, I think it's a position of need. I think it's a position where the Saints didn't, you know, shoot up the board and make a trade and reach. And for those reasons, I really like it. I, and and that's something that before I get to the comments, and I'll get to some in a second, the reason I sit here today, and or should I say tonight, and I'm actually very content with what happened, was my biggest concern was, you know, the Saints sometimes can't help themselves. And I don't blame them. I kind of like the idea of trading up, right? If you like a guy, go out and get your guy. I love the aggressive nature to that. But, you know, as the draft went on, right, who was that guy? And I'm going to be honest with you. I have no beef with with Lucas Van Ness. I think he's an interesting prospect, but I never thought he was the guy you kind of mortgaged the farm for. And nonetheless, he went 13, so he went higher than I thought he was going to go. And when that happens, look at all the other players we kind of mocked to the Saints. Miles Murphy just went one pick ahead. Um, you can think about Kalijah Kansi. He went 19 to the Bucks. He's a player that... Would I rather sit at 29 and get Brian Brzee or go to 19 and get Kalijah Kansi? I'd rather sit at 29. I actually think Brzee has a higher ceiling. I actually think that you're getting a player who, athletically speaking, fits the Saints' mold more. I mean, you can look at his relative uh, athletic score. It's going to be through the roof, and that's what the Saints like. So I just, I really appreciate that they did the smart move. They probably called around. They probably thought that hey, maybe there's a chance to move up. But in the day, they stuck at 29, and they were kind of rewarded for it in a weird way. And now, if you want to get aggressive, by all means, go nuts in day two. And we're going to talk about day two. We'll talk about needs. We'll talk about best available. We'll do that in a little bit. But first, let's get to some of your comments about Brian Brzee and what you guys had to say uh, as you guys kind of funnel in. And, and I'll pull up one of the first comments. Nolan Smith was right there shaking my head. I think that's going to be a popular comment. Um, and I see another one here from Joshua says, don't like the pick. Nolan Smith was right there. Such a better talent. The dude we drafted at injury history. I hope tomorrow's pick is better. So I know I'm not against people wanting Nolan Smith. I think Nolan Smith is a hell of a ball player. And I think it's actually kind of frustrating that the Eagles are not even slowly, but surely just quickly building the Georgia defense that dominated college football two years ago on their own team. But when I looked at Nolan Smith, I started to wonder to myself, is he a guy who the Saints can bring in the building and will be a perfect scheme fit? And I don't know if he is. I know he's going to work in Philly. I really think he's going to work in Philly. I don't know if he's going to with New Orleans. And it's not a knock on Nolan Smith. It's a knock on, I don't know if he's the perfect guy for the Saints. And on top of that, 
if you do like Nolan Smith and you do think that his game is something that the Saints missed out on, I can argue that there's going to be some guys tomorrow, and there's one in particular I have my eyes set on, and I'll talk about him in a bit, that I think if the Saints go out and get him, and let's say they double dip on defensive linemen in the first round, uh, in the first two days, all of a sudden you're not really talking about Nolan Smith. You're talking about the Saints adding two young, exciting defensive line prospects to a unit that needed needed an injection of youth. I can't stress it enough. They needed to get younger in the trenches. So I'll bring up that name in a little bit. I don't blame people for getting upset about Nolan Smith. If you like a prospect, you like a prospect. And I totally get it. And I'm going to be you know, transparent with you guys. It was a couple of years ago. I actually wanted the Saints to draft Jordan Love. And obviously that didn't happen. And turns out that wasn't the worst thing in the world. He hasn't even started. He hasn't really played yet. But I get it when people get attached to prospects or people like a prospect. So I get why people like Nolan Smith. But at the end of the day, the Saints did what they had to do. They got a defensive lineman in, in, on the board, in the roster, um, and now it's about building from there. This unit needed to get better. They absolutely did with that. So I'll keep it rolling here. Um, another comment here, really hope they get Michael Mayer tomorrow. I'm going to talk about him later because he's not only fitting in the best available content, he's also a day two need. And he's a player that I thought was going to go round one. I, I kind of thought that he'd go in the 20s, maybe the Bills, maybe the Cowboys, didn't happen, and I'm kind of surprised. And I think that he's a player that on day two, especially in the beginning of the second round, there are some guys that have a first-round grade or people thought would go first round that teams are immediately trading up for in the second round to get. Think of Brees Hall last year with the Jets. I think Michael Mayer is going to be that guy. I think there's going to be teams calling around saying, okay, how do we get him on our team? Because this is a player that could have easily, easily gone first round, and he didn't. So I do agree with you. I think he's the type of guy that you'd love to see uh, in a Saints uniform. And I'll talk about him in a little bit more, i say, depth uh, in a couple of minutes. Max says, I had Brzee as the second best defensive tackle, and there's still a few good defensive end slash edge guys left. There is. So, yeah, to your point, uh, I think it's overall a good pick. I, I know people are going to get concerned, and I said this in my short video that you guys can also check out on Boo Crew Media. Yes, Brzee has injury concerns. I get that. I, I get that. I, I can't ignore it. But. You cannot automatically say because a guy is injured in college or has dealt with injuries in college, he's going to be injured in the pros. And the reason I said that is take Marcus Davenport, who was constantly playing back then at UTSA, and then all of a sudden comes to New Orleans, and every other week, it was something new. And I'm not knocking him. It's just the truth. Or look at Peyton Turner, unfortunately, comes to New Orleans, we barely see him. You can't sometimes put it into, put into perspective, and you can't really project how someone's going to be because we just don't know. And it's something I tweeted about earlier today. I'd love to sit here and act like the biggest genius and tell you who's going to be great and who's not going to be great. But I'd be lying to you because we do not know because you cannot measure, one, the person's desire to play football, and you, two, cannot determine whether or not they're going to get lucky with the injury breaks. So, so far, yes, Brian Brzee has not gotten lucky in that regard. ACL injury, then he had the shoulder surgery um, a little bit after. But... Who's to say he doesn't go into the NFL and all of a sudden that goes away and he has a long career and he's a dominant defense alignment. It's a possibility. So let's see it. Let's let it play out before we start to get worried about that. that that's, how, that's how I think about it. I know I'm being a bit too rational, but that's just how I'm seeing it right now. I like the pick because it feels, it feels a need and we didn't even need to trade up for it now. Second round, I'd say we trade down and get some more picks and maybe possibly get Darnell Washington. Well, I love the Washington idea. Tight end from Georgia. Really good player would be a dominant run blocker off the rip for the Saints and just another big body to use. So I, I'm not against that. I, I think the counter argument could be, do the Saints get ultra aggressive and say, okay, we have pick 40. Do we move up from 71 and have two second rounders or, or you know, um, maybe move up even higher in the second round, whatever it may be. I could see them getting aggressive, but I like the pick. It is a position to need to your point. They didn't trade up. I love that. Because now you have those assets, and now you can decide. Do you move back and accumulate more picks? Do you move up and maybe have two second-round picks by the time day two's over? Who knows? But the Saints are giving themselves options, and that's kind of what you get. And when I said they got rewarded, this is what I mean. Like, now they have a chance to go out there, and they can play either the quality over quantity game. And it's, it's, it's up to them whether they want to do that. I would like to see the Saints get aggressive and get uh, Hendon Hooker tomorrow. Well... I mean, I, that's interesting to me. I'm, I'm not against Hendon Hooker. I, you know, for people who have listened to me know I actually do like Hendon Hooker a lot. I just think for the Saints, they've made so many win-now moves. If pick 40's Hendon Hooker, and let's say Michael Mayer's on the board, or Darnell Washington's on the board, or, 
you know, Steve Avila is on the board, Osiris Torrance, any, any of those guys, right? I just feel like that's not, you know, a move that kind of goes hand in hand with what they've been doing. doesn't mean I'd be against it. I absolutely would not be against it. I, I think if you like a quarterback, you like a quarterback. And weirdly enough, a quarterback that no one expected, Will Levis is also going to be available going into day two. So if the Saints like a quarterback and they take one, who am I to fault them? I just think they would be not, I don't say counterproductive. I think it would go against what they've been doing. So we'll see if that happens. Rather get Washington than Mayor, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, uh, that that's your uh, your opinion. Can't knock it. I, I would probably lean Mayor, but make no, mis- make no mistake about it. The Saints got Michael Mayer or they got uh, Darnell Washington. I'd be cool with either one. I mean, I think they need a better, I think they need another tight end. I shouldn't say better. I think Juwan Johnson's ascending. And uh, I think that they also need to just get another pass catcher in there. So either one for me, sign me up. Dustin says, I just feel haunted by our last Clemson draft pick we made, but I'll be patient. Hey, look, um, no one's more haunted than me, Dustin. I bought a Stefan Anthony jersey. That's actually one of the last few Saints jerseys I bought. I mean, I guess I'm the idiot for doing that, but um, yeah, so I get it. I, I get why you're a little bit uh, worried about it. So I'll take about two more comments, then I'm going to get into day two needs, and then we'll go back to the comments. We'll kind of bounce uh, in between. So Let's see this one. We do need a second edge rusher, though, or if some of these players that were supposed to go in the first round fall to us, I say grab them. Yep, absolutely. And, and to your point, I love that you kind of added the duality there. Of you could move back, accumulate picks, or maybe there's a guy there that you did not see being available on day two at pick 40, maybe a little bit earlier than 40, and you go and get him. Uh, and there is one that I like, and I'm going to hold out that name for a little bit because I think if the Saints get him, I'm going to feel great about this draft because I really do feel like they needed to to stock on defensive linemen. And I don't think one pick's enough. I think they need to go one more at defensive line for me to feel really good. And there's a name that I'm looking at, and I, and I really like the idea of the Saints putting him in the black and gold. So we'll see what happens. Corey says, Brzee is a stud. He just had a, t- a ton of per- uh, personal issues that slowed him down. In 2020, he was regarded as a top prospect. He was. He was an absolute top prospect for him. Um, and I, I think for... Brzee, it's all about keeping him healthy. And then also just seeing what's going to be the best way of using him in Dennis Allen's scheme. And I think they'll figure that part out quickly. I don't think that's a concern. I think he's going to adjust real quick. Just got to keep him on the field. Uh, and it's easier said than done. And sometimes it's luck. It's not anything you, you're doing right. It's just you get the lucky breaks. I mean, Peyton Turner got hurt making a big play against the Raiders trying to get out of the pileup and someone landed on him. Like, that's just, that's just crap luck, man. I, I don't see how that happens to other guys. Like, that's just unfortunate. So to my point, Sometimes you just need to get lucky, and uh, sometimes it's better to be lucky than it is good. So we'll see what happens with Brzee, but the talent is absolutely there. So let's get into day two needs here uh, on the Straight Up Saints podcast. And I was talking about it before. You know, I still would love to see the Saints get another defensive lineman. That would still be a need. It wouldn't be the pressing need, but it would be a need. I'd say tight end is absolutely a need for the Saints. And I think the beauty of that is there's four tight ends that I really like that are still available. Two in particular that people are going to be talking about, and there's one more that I think doesn't get talked about enough. So I think so far, defensive linemen, still a need, but let's put it on the back burner for just a second. Tight end would be the first need, I'd say, or pass catcher in general. I think the Saints can use an offensive guard. Now, people might say, whoa, why do they need an offensive guard? Pete's going to be a free agent after next year. Some of you are just relieved by that. I know some of you have just been like, oh my God, Pete's a free agent after this year. That's better than the draft news that we just got. So I get that. But Ruiz is also interesting because... The fifth-year option's coming up. If the Saints don't exercise it, and he doesn't play well, he's gone. Or if the Saints don't exercise and he plays well, they're going to have to pay him. Or the Saints could exercise it, and regardless of whether or not he plays well, they're going to have to pay him a lot next year. So there's factors to this. And I mentioned it before. There's two offensive guards that are considered the best of the class, still available. We'll get to them in a little bit, but that's why I would put offensive guard as one of the maybe sneakier needs for the Saints, but it's considered a need. So tight end, definitely. And how about running back? doesn't matter if it's round two, round three, round four. I think the Saints will get a running back. I think they need one. And I think that's the one where I'm least concerned about. Because although there were two running backs going first round, and congrats to Bijan Robinson and, and Jameer Gibbs, and the Saints are going to have to see Bijan twice a year now. I think that there's so much depth in this class at that position that, you know, I was sitting there looking at the big board, and there was about five off the top of my head that I was thinking of. The Saints can go out and get him, and they're still there. And that's great news for New Orleans because that means you don't have to worry about maybe expending pick 40 on it. Pick 40 can be something else. Maybe pick 71 is what you use on a running back. Or maybe it's not 71 and you package your fourth and maybe a fifth 
and you move up and say, that's it. I'm, I'm going to go get another running back, whatever it may be. So I think the Saints have options there. So tight end, running back, offensive guard would be there, defensive line. And then I'll give you one more. And I'm not saying it's a need. I'm saying the Saints need depth. And there's a player out there that if the Saints draft at 40, some of you might be mad, but I'm going to say it's fine. The Saints can use another safety slash defensive back, whether it's playing in the nickel, playing either safety spot, just being versatile, right? Being kind of a Gardner-Johnson type of player. Now, I know some of you can say, well, Chris, they just shouldn't have traded Gardner-Johnson. Well, they did. They can't go back and change it. And there is a guy in Brian Branch from Alabama who I thought was going to be a first-round pick, ends up not being a first-round pick, he could go early in the second round. But if he's there at 40, the Saints, it's going to be tough to pass him up. Now, I know he doesn't hit their athletic requirements when it comes to testing, but Brian Branch can play in the slot. He can play either safety spot. I, I actually think the Saints would have a tough time not, you know, not having him on the field. They, they couldn't keep him off the field. They tried, I think. He's one of those guys that would play immediately. And I think it's worth noting that as good as Tyron Matthew was at the end of last year, Marcus May did not play well. And if the Saints want, they could get out of Marcus May's deal after next season. And let's say they drafted Brian Branch. All of a sudden, you feel like it's a little bit of a smoother transition. So I'm not saying safety is a pressing need. And I'm also not saying before, like offensive guard, I don't think it's a pressing need. But I think the Saints might make a pick at some point in this draft that you weren't thinking, man, they needed this. Did they need it? I don't know. But then when you start thinking about it, you're like, okay, it does make sense because the Saints are no longer the 2018-2019 Saints. They don't have depth for days. They have some holes on the roster, and they have some positions where you go, man, they're an injury away from having a horrible unit there. And they can need depth at, at offensive line. They need depth at safety. So that's why I mentioned those. But if you're looking at the two that I'd love to see them hit, it's it's uh, running back for sure, and it's tight end for sure. And I think for the Saints, when you go first-round defense, maybe you reward your offense a little bit. And, and get some players there on day two. And I think they absolutely can do that. And we'll see if they do that um, for sure. So I'll keep it moving with some more comments uh, and we'll go from there. And this is an interesting one. I think they get two second rounders. I mean, it's possible. And I think for the Saints, th that is where it gets interesting, right? So you pick 40. Let's say you stay at 40. You have pick 71. So that's kind of an early third. You can easily package something with pick 71 and move back into the end of the second round if there's someone you like. Let's say Zach Charbonnet's there, and you guys know I'm I'm pretty fond of him. Maybe that's who they like. And they say, hey, let's trade up and get him. And you know what? It's kind of a screw-up mentality for the other picks, but we're going to get guys that can make an immediate impact today because the Saints are competing not just for the NFC South, they're competing for their jobs. You can't go three years in a row not making the playoffs in the NFL. That usually results in massive changes after. So I do think they can be aggressive. And some name that they could mention, which will be on my best available when I get to that in a couple minutes, will be Steve Avila from TCU, which Gabriel mentioned would be a great pick at 40. I agree. I actually think that Osiris Torrance not going in the first round is great news for the Saints because now there's two offensive guards, and I don't know if two offensive guards are coming up the coming off the board before 40. So they'll have options. Again, is it my preference? Let's see how the board shakes out when they get when they're on the clock. But this is good news. This is absolutely good news for the Saints. And another guy will be available there is BJ Ojolari, who uh, is another guy that we talked about with Edge. They want to double up. I mean, I know Saints fans would be happy about it with the whole LSU thing, but we'll see what happens. Mingo from o uh, Ole Miss, another option. Uh, Joey Porter, still on the board at 40. Probably unlikely, like you mentioned, but when we talk about best available, don't want to really give it away, but He's going to be one of those guys we mentioned in best available. And he's another player who some people had him mocked as high as, I believe, like pick 17 to the Steelers. And all of a sudden, 31 picks go by. He's still on the board. It's the nature of the draft, man. You, you'll be surprised, or maybe you won't. Every year, there's like five to six guys that you're like, they're definitely going first round. And then day two starts, and you're like, man, how does my team move up in the second round to get those players? And Joey Porter Jr. might be uh, some of them. And Joey Porter Jr., while we're on that subject, could be one of those guys that when I said you're not thinking of the pick, you're not thinking of the need, but it worked out, maybe he's one of those guys. You know, how many of us last year, I'm putting my hands up because I'm guilty of this. When the Saints drafted uh, Alante Taylor, we're like, first off, who? And second, did they need Alante Taylor? That's what I said. And Alante Taylor made some damn good plays last year. And you can argue if the Saints don't make that Alante Taylor pick, I don't know what their secondary looks like. Bradley Roby got hurt. Marshawn Lattimore got hurt. Adebo got hurt and didn't play well. 
If they didn't draft Alante Taylor, I do not know what that cornerback room would have not only looked like, what they would have produced. Sometimes it's a pick you don't expect, and it works out. So that's why I have patience with it all. Um, but we'll see what happens. And to, to one of your points in the chat, Alante was a dog last year. Absolutely. And it's, it's again, it's the unpredictable nature of the NFL draft. And sometimes just drafting for main needs instead of just drafting what you think is the best player can hurt you. In this case, for the Saints round one, I think they got arguably the, not maybe not the best player because I think if you're just going pure prospect, Nolan Smith's probably a better pure po- uh, prospect. But the Saints got one of the three best guys on the board, in my opinion, that also fit a need. So you checked off both, which is what you ideally want in a perfect world. Thoughts on Bijan Robinson being in the division now? Great question. I actually love this question because I could talk about the Saints till the sun, I guess, rises. At this point, it's already set. But it's fun to talk about the NFC South. In the NFC South, we knew that Bryce Young was going to be on the Panthers. So you already kind of accounted for, okay, you're going to have to face Bryce Young twice a year. Well, now you got to face B. John Robinson twice a year. And part of me is like, I hate this pick because B. John Robinson in a run-heavy offense could put up rookie year Saquon Barkley numbers. And for people who aren't 100% sure what that looks like, rookie Saquon Barkley was a 2,000 scrimmage yards type of player. The counter argument is in the long run, it's probably bad asset management because the Falcons just had a rookie running back in Tyler Algier go for over a thousand yards. So if you got a rookie running back in Algier to go over a thousand yards, why invest the eighth pick on a running back when you already got really good production out of a fifth round pick? And that eighth pick could be used on an offensive lineman. It could be used on Jalen Carter. It could be used on a, a DB if they want it. You can trade back and maybe go after I don't know, let's say JSN, if they wanted to add another receiver, whatever it may be, but it seems like bad asset management, but make no mistake about it. I don't, I don't want to see the Bijan Robinson, Tyler Algier, Cordell Patterson, three headed monster in the backfield against the saints. I, I think that could be a nightmare. I, I really do. The good news though. And someone mentioned in the chat is it's not more so that Atlanta doesn't have a quarterback. We don't know if they have a quarterback. Because Bijan Robinson, Tyler Algier, and Cordell Patterson could rush for 200 yards a game, and it won't matter at the end of the day if Desmond Ritter is terrible. Now, if Desmond Ritter's good, if he's a quality quarterback, changes the narrative, but we don't know. So I mentioned the uh, Panthers, and I mentioned the Falcons. Might as well just bring this up, too, while we're talking about the NFC South real quick. Bucks go out, get a Kalijah Kansi. That's the one pick and the one team that I think has done a pretty good job of making it very clear they have no intention of getting better on the offensive side of the football. No intention. I, I'm, I don't mean this to be rude. They have not made a single move, offensively speaking, that has been good for them. Leonard Fournette cut. Cameron Brake cut. Tom Brady retires. Donovan Smith cut. So you lose four important pieces to your offense. You lose Tom Brady. Obviously, that's such a huge hit. You bring in Baker Mayfield. That's not exactly an ideal replacement. The 19th, 19th picks used on defensive line, I can't blame them for that. That's such a Todd Bowles pick, so Kalijah Kansi could very well be very good for them. But they're not moving the needle, and I feel very good today to say they're going to be last in the NFC South. I feel good about it. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. We'll come back. We'll clip this. I'll be like, man, Chris is such a stupid idiot. But as of now, I feel good about that. The other two teams are the ones that made flashy moves today. Bryce Young, I think he's a fantastic prospect. He just, is he going to stay healthy? Who knows? And then the Falcons... They'll be exciting. I just, again, I, I don't know if I can defend an eighth pick used on a running back. I don't. Now, to someone's point, and after we bring up these two comments, we'll just go into best available. The Bucks are bad and they get Caleb Williams. Then we're going to be the ones that are laughing in a bad way. Pity laugh. And then that turns into us laughing to hide the tears because Caleb Williams looks like he's going to be the truth. But we'll see, man. We'll, we'll see what happens there. Thoughts on Chase Young. I'm assuming you're asking about a Chase Young potential trade because Washington didn't pick up the fifth-year option, so we'll go from there. This is where I'm at. So someone posed the question on Twitter. Uh, I, I forgot who it was. It, it might have been Nader who said it, but he said, would you trade, I think, a second-round pick for Chase Young? My answer to that would be definitive no. I'm not trading the 40th pick for Chase Young, and I'm also not trading the 40th pick for Montez Sweat. Would I trade the 71st pick and maybe some change? Yeah, I, I would trade it for one of them. I would take the chance because I think for the Saints, that's another win-now move. The reason I'm saying I can't trade the 40th pick is I think the 40th pick with the way the draft board is shaking out, the Saints could very well get a technically first-round grade type of player on day two on a new rookie year contract 
cheap, technically, you know, cheap labor when you talk to what they get paid. I think I think that makes way more sense. And I also think you're not trading a 40th pick for for Chase Young, who has not played much football in the last two years. Great rookie year, outstanding rookie year. Then the ACL injury happens, and we really don't see him since. Would I trade 71 though and change? Like I said, I would. I would. I'm guilty of that. But I just don't know if I would be willing to go as high as 40. I, I actually, it's not that I don't know. I wouldn't. I think the Saints can get something really, really vital to their team at pick 40. But Montez Sweat, Chase Young, yeah, I, I, I think that uh, those are those are two guys that you make a phone call on. You just see around, especially if you don't really want to go defensive line again in this draft, or you don't think there's any good edge rushers left. Yes, you make the call and you see what happens. Uh, now, before I get into more comments, guys, I'm gonna switch it over to best available prospects here on the Straight Up Saints podcast. And for best available, I'm just going to start rattling off some names that I was literally jotting down on a piece of paper as the draft was going on. And most of it was me going, holy hell, that guy's still on the board. And the first one for me was Joey Porter Jr. I I spoke to Joey Porter Jr. on uh, Wednesday for work. And look, this this is a really smart kid. What I loved about him in terms of confidence is he was talking about he went up against Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson for two years. And the first year he said they beat him, he openly admitted he had no chance. Second year, he said he kind of held his ground. And he said the confidence he has knowing he's held his ground against two guys that won one offensive rookie of the year and then two probably would have won offensive rookie of the year if he had a better quarterback. That gives you confidence because Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson are already absolute studs in this league. So Joey Porter Jr., he's available. Don't expect him to last long, though. I, I expect him to absolutely be off the board by the time uh, you know, the Saints are rolling at 40. Another guy that I, I saw on there, and we talked about it before, Michael Mayer from Notre Dame. When you're getting pro comp to Jason Witten, part of it is because they think you're slow and you probably don't run the full route tree. But the other part is they think you're damn good. And they also think that you understand how important it is just to get open. It sounds stupid. It sounds so simple. But it's not that easy for some guys. And Michael Mayer is the type of tight end that if he goes to the Saints for the first time in a long time, I'm going to feel good about that position group. And I haven't felt good about it in a while. We really, as Saints fans, have been kind of through the ringer post-Jimmy Graham. If we're going to be truthful with ourselves, I mean, Ben Watson had one of the best years at tight end over the last, like, seven years. And the Saints got to get better at that position. I thought Adam Trauma would be a guy or be the guy back then. Now he's just a guy. And to answer a question I see in the chat, I don't see Michael Mayer falling to 40. But like I said, and we all talked about it, not trading up today means you can do whatever the hell you want tomorrow. And if it's pick 36, let's say, and Michael Mayer is still there and the Saints are like, ah, someone might you know, get him in front of us. Just leapfrog him if you have to and get him if that's your pick. And if the Saints walk away with Michael Mayer, I will be very much content with that. I will. I, I think he's the type of guy that would really give the Saints another weapon. Uh, now, you guys mentioned, I see in the chat, someone mentioned, what about wide receivers available the 40 pick? I, I don't see them going wide receiver, but if I'm going to mention some for you, the two there's four that I'm looking at right now. It's uh, Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee. It's Josh Downs from North Carolina. It's Cedric Tillman from Tennessee as well. And then Jonathan Mingo from Ole Miss. I think the two that interest me the most are Mingo and then, believe it or not, Downs. But I don't think Downs is really going to the sinks anyway. I don't know if they want another shorter, shifty guy. But he's an interesting player. I really love his route running. I think he's a phenomenal player. But Mingo's another one, physical, 6'2", kind of fits the bill. But if they go wide receiver, that's probably what they're looking at. But back on track real quick. Another player for B, uh, BPA, best available, Brian Branch from Alabama. Mentioned before, he's up there. Osiris Torrance is up there. Steve Avila is up there. Uh, Keon White from Georgia Tech, a guy that I think he's one of the few remaining guys in the in the green room at the draft that didn't get selected. Obviously, Will Levis is another one who does make the board. And I just want to make it very clear. I don't think the Saints are going to draft well a Will Levis, but I would not be doing my job if I didn't put him on best available because Will Levis, I thought the idea of him going top 10 was always ridiculous. Like I thought he would go top 10, but I didn't love it because I didn't see it. But Will Levis going second round to some team is good value. He might not, he might not pan out at all. But it's good value. You can stomach it when he's a second-round pick. Hendon Hooker, another player up there. Uh, and then Zach Charbonnet is a guy I'm looking at. And then Sam Laporta from Iowa. Talked about tight ends before. And I see one of you guys saying you're ecstatic about the tight end position and how they can address it. Michael Mayer, Sam Laporta, 
Darnell Washington, Luke Musgrave. Get me one of them. Get me one of them on the Saints, and we're feeling infinitely better about this tight end room. And I think Sam Laporta is the interesting one for me because you can talk about Michael Mayer and you can talk about, let's say, you know, a, um, a Darnell Washington. Sam Laporta sat there and put up pretty good numbers on an Iowa, and off, Iowa offense that was terrible. Terrible. They, I, they were, Iowa's offense was so bad that I think Caitlin Clark scored more points in the NCAA tournament than Iowa did in a whole football season if you add all their points together. Now, I know she balls out and scores about 30-something a game, so maybe that's not fair. But it puts into perspective how bad Iowa's offense was, but he produced. So he's a guy that I like if the Saints don't get Michael Mayer and they miss out on Darnell Washington. So those are guys I'm looking at for sure. And then I mentioned a defensive lineman that's been on my radar for about the majority of this podcast. That guy is Isaiah Foskey from Notre Dame. First off, measurable-wise, you guys don't want to hear this, but I promise you there's a point to this. Measurables, he's literally ideal with Marcus Davenport. Like, his measurables all add up with Marcus Davenport. But here's the but. The motor he plays at is not Marcus Davenport-esque. The polished, I'd say, skill set that he has is not Marcus Davenport-esque. I always felt like Marcus Davenport... You knew this guy was a beast, but it doesn't mean he's a great player. And I think with Foskey, you already know that he's a good football player. And now it's about hoping you just level up a little bit more. But if the Saints were to go D-line, they want edge. That'd probably be my guy for two reasons. I love his production, but I also think that he is the type of guy from a physical and tangible standpoint that if he is so dedicated to his craft, what's stopping him from becoming a 10-sack-a-season type of guy? Like I really think Foskey can be one of those guys. So... That's the guy that I was looking at at BPA and also teasing before about this. Now, best available running backs. I think the first one has to be Zach Charbonnet. I, look, guy does everything you want. You want him to catch the ball. You want him to run between the tackles. You want him to be a bell cow. He does it. And like I said, we're going to be sitting here, if he's on the Saints, having a nice little glass of Charbonnet while he's running down the field. That's what we're going to call it if he ends up on the Saints. So he's a guy that I'm looking at for sure. Uh, Devon A. Chain's another one. He is a really, really, really fast running back. And if the Saints are going for speed, how do you not pick him? Now, two guys you're probably wondering about, Ty J. Spears and maybe Roshan Johnson. Johnson, I think he's kind of maybe late third. And Ty J's either late third, early fourth. Look, if the Saints end up going tight end round two, defensive line or offensive line round three, and then Tajay in round four, how can you hate that, right? I think it's good value all across the board. Um, you know, I see you guys mentioned Syracuse running back. Tucker, he's another prospect. But he, he again, fourth, fifth round probably is where I'm looking at for him. But Charbonnet is, if you're going early, that's who you're looking at. If you think it may be third round, I think, you know, if you get A-chain at, at, at 71, I think that's great value. I would take that in a heartbeat. And if you're looking later, all right, Tajay in round four. Maybe Johnson if he slips to round four. But either way, I think that the Saints are going to have options. Uh, and then one more guy that someone mentioned in the chat, and I didn't have him on my BPA when I was writing it down, but he's still available, and he's very much an interesting prospect, and I'm glad you guys brought it up. Uh, someone wrote in the chat, I believe, what about the Arkansas linebacker? And by that, you guys are talking about uh, Drew Sanders from Arkansas. Drew Sanders is an interesting, just an interesting prospect in general. So he plays at Alabama first. Okay, nothing special national title, whatever, though, goes to Arkansas, and my God, man, he, he this past season, nine and a half sacks, I believe it was, was just off the charts. Another guy that I got to speak to, and Drew Sanders is an interesting player because he's kind of one of those, when I asked him, just plug me wherever, I think Drew Sanders might be a supercharged Caden Ellis. I really feel that way. So if the Saints took him at 42, uh, 40, excuse me, I, I would, I'd be down for that. So I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, as I'm going through the draft, sometimes people slip my mind. But Drew Sanders, if you want to go linebacker and add a weapon who is not just the eventual adding another linebacker to when DeMario leaves, he could play right away. Again, nine and a half sacks in college in his last season. Caden Ellis, supercharged. And you guys all saw how good Caden Ellis was this past season. Like, I think Drew Sanders is an interesting guy. So, again, I don't know if that's going to be the pick. Saints do that. That'd be pretty damn good. And it's also worth adding that John Hendricks, also part of Buku Media, did his mock draft a couple days ago, or I believe today, maybe. I'm losing track of time, guys. It's, it's getting pretty bad out here. And I think he had Brian Brzee in the first round and Drew Sanders in the second. 
So we'll see if John could go two for two. All I know is if John does go two for two, I'd be pretty okay with that. You know, I, I think that if they get him, you add another linebacker in the room, I think you could use another linebacker badly. You don't have to go really make that veteran signing. That's kind of a desperate move, and you really don't want the guy to play, but you put him on the roster anyway. Drew can Drew can make an impact early. So I'm glad you guys mentioned that. That's definitely a player that I like for sure. Um, now, at this point, I've kind of went through a bunch of guys that I like. There's more as, as well, but there's really kind of a bubble of 15 players that I like to see right now on, on in the second round for the Saints, and they go through there. I'll be happy with it. I really can't see a scenario where I get pissed about the Saints' second-round pick um, unless – trying to think here. I'm really trying to think of a pick that will really bother me. I really can't. I really can't. But no, no. I'm, I'm content. I'm a, I'm a happy guy right now. So uh, let's get into some comments that you guys have. Whatever you have left, put them in. I'll get to them. And then we'll wrap it up because it's uh, it's getting pretty late out here. But the first one here, how do you feel about Tank Bigs, uh, Bigsby? Bruiser back, in my opinion. He he, When he first started, I was like, is this guy just a better LeGarrette Blunt?" And then I realized he's so much better than LeGarrette Blunt in terms of athlete-wise because LeGarrette Blunt was a big damn dude. And I would take Tank. And I think the, the beauty to Tank Bigsby is I don't think you take him. You don't have to take him around two. And that's where it's interesting. Because I really do feel like Zach Charbonnet, as much as I like him, I think he's going to end up he's going to end up going in that second round. I think he's that good, and I don't know if I want the Saints to go running back at round two. If I'm being honest, I know I said I wasn't going to get mad about certain things, but I don't know if they should go running back round two. So if they go running back round three or round four, Tank can be an option. So I I would take Tank in a heartbeat. And I want to make something very clear about Tank. Auburn football was bad last year. He was still pretty good, but Auburn football was horrendous. But he was good. So. Uh, I do like Tank. I think he's an interesting um, option out there. He's actually on my piece of paper that I have here looking through running backs along with guys like Kendra Miller from TCU. If you're going on day three, if he's there, I think it'd be great. So we'll see what happens in that regard. Should we draft a tackle and slide Pennington inside? I'm going to say no. I'm I'm not ready to give up on Trevor Penning yet. I think Trevor Penning, what I loved about him, and now I'm going to preseason football, and preseason football could be an anomaly, but I think about Penning where each game of the preseason, drastic improvement from the other. And then he gets hurt on the stupidest freaking play. And I just thought to myself, man, like, this is a player that I I need to give him a full year. And I need to see a full year of him at left tackle before I say I'm moving him in. I just have to because I think he can do it. I really think he can. I think he's an athletic freak. The Saints, the left tackle before him in, in Toronto Arms, was an athletic freak. Obviously, he's never going to become Armstead, in my opinion, because Armstead's going to be ending... Up his career as what? Top five offensive tackle from his era? Honestly, over the last 10 years, Armstead was a beast. So I think for, for Penning, I'm giving him one more year before I think about kicking him side. And I think he will improve, in my opinion. It's all about staying healthy. I can get the concern, though. And I do think the Saints should be looking at offensive line. As I said before, they take Torrance at 40. I'm not going to be mad at it because I'm going to be truthful with you guys. About a month ago, I thought he, they were going to take Torrance at 29. So they take him at 40. How can I be mad about that? I think the Nolan pick would have been the equivalent of the Zach Bond pick. Great 3-4 player, but didn't fit the Saints 4-3 scheme. Yes, and you know what maturity is? Learning from your mistakes. And you know what the Saints might have done? Maybe learn from their mistake. Now, they can you know, double down tomorrow on it, and then all of a sudden I come back and say, all right, they didn't learn shit. But I think that they did a good job of not going, let's just take him and hope it works in our system. No, sometimes you got to go with who fits your system. You know that Brian Brzee is going to do that. You don't know if Nolan's going to do that. Let's see what happens, man. I think Nolan will do well in, in Philly, and I think Brian's going to do well in New Orleans as long as he stays healthy. What if we drafted a kicker? All right. All right. You caught me. You caught me. That would get me pissed. That would get me pissed. But I will say, though, the Saints do need another kicker. I, again, they should not be drafting a kicker, but they need another kicker. Uh, the Will Lutz window for me I can't say back then in like 2018, 2019, when Will Lutz would step up to the plate, I'd be so confident, so confident he's going to make the kick. I'm no longer confident. I, I kind of just cross my fingers and close my eyes and let the announcers let me know if the kick went in because I don't want to look at it. So I, I would be cool with them getting uh, another kicker, but obviously not round two or round three or round four or round five because then I would be upset about that. So you did catch me there. Torrance, Downs, Tillman, I don't care which at 40. Those aren't terrible options at all. I think Torrance is a very good option at 40. He, For me, assuming that you know Joey Porter's gone and Brian Branch is gone and Michael Mayer's gone, that's kind of where I'm leaning at 40. 
And I think that would be a great pick. I really do. Because again, not only is Pete going to be shown the door after this year, as someone mentioned, let's be very, let's be honest with ourselves. Is Pete going to play a full 17 game season? The poor guy gets hurt a lot. And you might need Torrance to play meaningful snaps early in the season. It might be as early as a September, October. You never know. So I would be very much okay with that pick. And to other people's points, and maybe this is about Trevor Penning, talk about Doug Marone and getting faith. I'd imagine that's about Trevor Penning when we are talking about him before. But you can absolutely have faith in, in Doug Marone too if you bring in an Osiris Torrance and say, hey, this is a potential first-round guy. We got him at 40. Go to work with the kid. Because it's interesting that Cesar Reeves just had his best season with the new revamped staff at the O-line. So I think that it's out there. But yeah, if, if I'm going to put four guys here that I'd love to see in a Saints uniform if they get at pick 40, Torrance would be one of them. I'd be over the moon if they get Michael Mayer, obviously. I would be fine if they went defensive line and get Isaiah Foskey. I think he'd be an understandable pick. And then I'll go one more here. Maybe mix it up. We'll go... I'm trying to think. Be fair to everyone here. Yeah, maybe Tillman. Maybe Tillman wouldn't be bad in my opinion. I just don't think... I don't know if they need a receiver in round two. I think they can get one in round three. I really do. Maybe I'm overthinking it. Maybe I am. But again, if they take a wide receiver in round two... I'm not going to hate about it. I'm really not. I just don't think you need a, a take-the-top-off wide receiver since your heat is there. I think this is a heavy defense in the first three rounds, then get your offense in the fourth or later. I I don't hate that idea, I, but I think one of tomorrow's picks needs to be offense, though. I, I don't think the Saints can just go defense, 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 and then all of a sudden, the season starts, you're like, yeah, we could have used another tight end, or yeah, we could have used another running back. No, go do that. Uh, and I'll throw Drew Sanders, by the way, in that before. I mentioned like four or five guys in that bubble of players I'd like to see on the Saints. I'll throw Sanders in there. I, I, I actually, keep, again, keeps slipping my mind, but he makes so much sense for the Saints. And if he gets picked, we could come back to this tomorrow and then we could have another live stream and talk about what his fit would be with New Orleans. Again, KNL is supercharged. That's what I'm thinking about. Max says, I'm thinking we're going to move up into the second round with some picks, hoping we can get an edge and running back or tight end. I'd be cool with that. Again, if you told me they got Foskey or Drew Sanders at 40, and then all of a sudden they got a running back or tight end with that next pick, that's pretty damn good. Then at that point, I'm thinking, okay, can you get a wide receiver on day three, maybe early day three, and get the hell out of this draft? And I'm calling that a win 100%. 100%. 71 and the Denver second for Sweat and a fourth. What do you think? Um... I kind of think that's a lot. I'm going to be honest. I think I might just... You, I think you start off offering 71 for Sweat and you say, get back to me. And then when Washington denies that offer, then maybe you consider it. I think it... I'd love to see what the Saints evaluation on Sweat was coming out of college and then where it's at now. Because I think a lot of the time when people make trades, they always go back to what they thought of a player. Like when the Falcons traded for Jeff Okuda, I'd imagine the Falcons had a good grade on Jeff Okuda, like most teams did. And then... Looked at him now and said, okay, can we work with that? So if the Saints like Montez Sweat coming out of college, pretty good chance that they like him now, especially now. I just think that might be a lot because you're giving up 71, which is a day two pick, and then you're giving up another day two pick to get back Sweat, who then you got to retain, and then a fourth round pick. I'm not so sure. I love the I love the suggestion, though, because I think Montez Sweat, if you acquire him, then forget about D-line, what I said. You don't need anymore. You got Brazilian, you got in Montez Sweat, and all of a sudden, you're cooking with gas. So, I like that. I just think that might be too rich, you know? Washington over Mayer. Uh, look, I am not going to be mad about that take. I, I, I think I would have it reversed, but if you told me that, you know, in five years' time, Washington's the better player, I'm not going to lie to you and say that you're wrong. You might end up being right. Like, his, his ceiling is ridiculous. Ridiculous. I think Kayshawn would be there in the later rounds if we're talking wide receivers. He is. I think another one would be, be Trey Palmer, another guy that I'm looking at. Not later rounds, but probably third round. You can get. I, I just, I think you can take, I'm not saying they're going to do it. I think you can take wide receiver off the board in the second round. I just think you can, and you can get away with it. If, again, if they take a wide receiver, it is what it is. But I think you can get away with it. I really do. I'm confused. Why do we need a running back? Well, the Saints need a running back for two reasons. One, Alvin's probably going to get suspended. But two, Alvin's not getting any younger. So I think it's good to get 
younger at the running back position. It always is. And it sucks when it happens in the moment and then you thank everyone later, you know? Like, remember when the Saints drafted Mark Ingram, you're kind of like, well, now Reggie Bush is gone. But then all of a sudden, Mark Ingram's like your leading rusher franchise history. And then you draft Alvin. You're like, wait, but we have Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram's gone. You still have Alvin doing his thing. And you're like, okay, thank God that happened. Sometimes you got to just keep adding young talent at that position because it, it can be an expendable spot at times. And, and I think most of it, though, comes down to just, you know, getting making sure you have options. Because, again, it's such a physical position that I do think there is, there's a little bit of concern there. But I, I'm just more concerned about Alvin getting suspended because that could be a six, maybe eight-game suspension. Who knows? I think Sweat is the better option over Chase. I agree. I know Ohio State Saints fans might not like that. Sweat right now, because he plays more, is a better option. That being said, I do think that Chase Young, when he's on and he's healthy, we've seen him do his thing. We've we've seen him do his thing. So I can't I I would not be mad about either one, but Sweat's definitely been the better player right now because he's been healthier. Eric says needed a quarterback. I'm gonna look, I'm gonna agree to disagree with you, Eric, because to each their own, and Derek Carr could come in this summer, uh, this fall, and do terrible. And then we're like, okay, well, that was a crappy move. But this team, I don't think they need a quarterback. I, I don't. And I think at some point they will because I don't think Derek Carr is going to be here forever. But I just when you when you get Derek Carr and you sign Jamal Williams and you kind of revamp revamp your D line and you bring back Michael Thomas, there's no room to go quarterback right now. And if they wanted to, then they wouldn't have got Derek Carr in my opinion because they would have been infatuated with one of these quarterbacks from the rip and then probably would have traded up because that's what the Saints do. That's their mo. So I don't think it needed a quarterback. But to your point though. If day three comes around and Jake Hayner is still on the board from Fresno State, I'm taking him. I think the Brock Purdy situation might have showed people that it's okay to take flyers on quarterbacks for one reason. If they don't work out, who cares? You took a third uh, day three flyer. If they work out, they could save a season. They can save you money, whatever it could be. You also look like a genius if it ends up working out. If it doesn't work out, no one's going to remember because it was a fifth round pick. So they can still do that. that that's, just, that's just where I'm at with that. Can we take a minute to appreciate our running back history? I mean, we can. Saints got pretty good history. They, they definitely got good history in that regard. I'd like them to keep it up. You know, I would. What about Xavier Hutchinson in the third round? Uh, truthfully, I did not watch a lot of Iowa State football this year. So I, I would need to get more of, uh, comfortable with his game before I make an opinion on it. But now that you mentioned it, I will look at Xavier Hutchinson before tomorrow's draft round starts. Uh, because that could end up being an option. But I have to get a little bit more familiar with his game before I kind of give you a full full breakdown there. Could we see a six-rounder on Deuce Vaughn and, and him becoming another Darren Spoles? I love Deuce Vaughn, man. I love Deuce Vaughn. You know, you know, he's a type of prospect that if he does well in like five years' time, everyone's going to go back and say, why do we overthink him just being a good football player? Because of the size thing? I get it, man. Like, there, there are concerns. Like, for example, Kalijah Kansi, right? Everyone's worried about the, the arm issue, him having short arms. But it takes one player to break the mold. And then you look back and you go, why were we such idiots and so stubborn and just ignoring what was presented in front of us? So we'll see what happens. But I would be very, very cool with Deuce Vaughn in a, uh, a Saints uniform. It would be pretty cool to me. Would you go wide receiver tight end in the second round? I think I would go tight end. I think that there's a lot of depth in this class, but I think the, the fact that I just mentioned before, Washington, Michael Mayer, Sam Laporta, Luke Musgrave, all those four still on the board. One of them I thought was going to go in the first round in addition to Dalton Kincaid. And I think there's good value there. Where wide receiver, I think you could, you could get that a little bit later. I'm not saying the value is going to be great later, but I think the tight end's a little bit of a pressing need. And either way, you're going to get another pass catcher regardless. So I, I'd be happy with that either way. I can see the Saints trading back into the second for for H and yeah. Look, if he's still there, I would do it. I would do it. if it's it's got to be late though. It's got to be late second, absolutely late second. Can you see the Saints double dipping at D, uh, defense tackle in the fourth or fifth round? Yeah, absolutely. I, the Saints should be getting another defense alignment at some point in this draft. I, I said it towards the top of this show, and and I'll probably finish out with that. I, I just think that th this D line needs more depth. I, I'm not sold on this being. The, the final T-line going into this year, because what if one of them gets hurt? You're back to square one again. 
So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about that. Would you have been mad if the Saints traded back in the first if the Bengals drafted corner and the Saints get Murphy and Brzee? Would you have been mad? No, I wouldn't have been mad at all. I actually would have been like pretty pumped about that. You get those two Clemson kids in there, let them do their thing. Uh, I think that would have been pretty damn cool, in my uh, honest opinion. I really do. But it did not happen, and it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that um, that's where we're at there. I feel like there's a thing in this draft. There was a lot of emphasis about the size of players instead of seeing the game film. Yes. It's it's such a hard balance, right? Because it's like, I get why people get concerned. People are bigger, faster, stronger in the NFL. But at the end of the day, like, doesn't it matter what they did on Saturdays? Like, if Deuce Vaughn doesn't get drafted at all, so what he did doesn't matter on Saturdays? I don't know. That that doesn't sit right with me. I, I, I wonder if you guys feel the same about it. How do you feel about that safety branch? I mentioned before, I think Branch is going to be a steal for someone. Maybe it's the Saints. Who knows? He is a versatile playmaker who I think he's probably falling because A, sometimes people don't value safeties as high as they should. And B, I think that maybe his athletic scores are throwing people off, which goes to our point about like emphasis on game film. He looks sharp at Alabama. Why are we overthinking this? Why are we overthinking this? Love to see the Saints go after slot cornerback and trade in the second round, maybe tight end or Charbonnet. I say quarterback because of how much Roby has regressed. Yeah, he he has regressed. He has absolutely regressed. That's for sure. I don't think this will be the most sexy Saints draft, but I think it'll be the most solid draft. Not a rebuild, but hoping they address the issues at hand. Amen. Amen to that. And and on that note, I think I'm gonna wrap it up here because A, it's getting late over here. B, we got six more rounds of this baby to go which means we got a lot more coverage for you guys here on Boo Crew Media and the Straight Up Saints podcast, and I got to make sure I'm pretty energized for it. But as always, guys, I totally appreciate you coming into the live chat, dropping in your questions, um, you know, asking about certain prospects. If you have other questions, hit me up on Twitter. I will answer it. Doubt I'm going to sleep anytime soon, and then I'll be up early in the morning anyway. So if there's a prospect on the board you want to talk about, I'm always down to chat football. You guys know it. But until then, that's going to do it for this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast, the destination for the Houdat Nation. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast.